I remember there's this one sentence I said where I was like, what did that mean? I said, when I'm myself, I'm a totally different person. Mm. And that was me not having stuff, being totally free from everything. I didn't have to be anywhere at any time. And it was me recognizing that there was a separation between who I had to be in the salon, who I was without the identification of doing hair, having a job, having a place to go every day, and then who in my truest forms and my truest moments I actually was. Welcome to the Limitless Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Mason. The time is now for us to break free of conditioned habits, use our unique gifts to make a massive impact on the world, and let our souls finally take the stage. I'm bringing you all the nuggets of wisdom I've discovered on meditation, mindful business, and spirituality. I'll be connecting with other creative entrepreneurs who have manifested outward success by doing inner work. Success comes from within. Let's go on this expansive journey together. Welcome to episode number 68 of the Limitless Soul Podcast. Today I have on special guest Gianna Purcell. She is an amazing, amazing yoga teacher. She has been a lifeline for me during COVID-19, being able to practice with her virtually, which has been so amazing. Actually had practiced with her the night before we recorded this. So it was really fun to be in that energy together before we got to talking. Um, Gianna is a former hair colorist, a college dropout. We have a lot in common, a reckless warrior. She's an international yoga teacher sharing practices steeped in confrontation. She believes all yoga practices are mirrors, seats to take and reflect ways to see our truth our current states and our infinite potential. She works to lead people to a point where they sit with their true reflection. Gianna's guidance dances the line of lighthearted and thick, subtle and intense, and exertion and ease. Practicing with her is truly a journey of finding yourself wherever you are. Lately, you can find her at her partner's physical studio in Miami, Original Hot Yoga 305, with Caro. She's amazing too, absolutely love her. And she also travels the world doing workshops and trainings. And she just bought a home in Tucson, Arizona, where she hangs out and rides motorcycles and does all kinds of cool stuff. She's legit. Just I just love her. In this episode, we're going to be talking about her journey from being so identified with a job and a path and taking all that away, free falling into the abyss and finding her true purpose and path and living that life unapologetically. I absolutely love when I have guests on and we have found each other in some sort of synchronistic pattern and we share a common yoga teacher. Her name's Mary Jarvis. We're going to get her on the podcast one of these days. And I find that when you meet people that way, it's a real true telling that you're in your flow, you're in your path because the right people show up and there's signs all around you to say, yes, this is supposed to be. And when we start to become more aware and more in tune with the present moment, we can see those signs and those synchronicities and it makes it easier to be in the energy of of that flow and start to follow those signs and start to be in sync with the whole universe and the design of it all. So I can't wait for you to hear Gianna's point of view on blending your spiritual path and these signs and these synchronicities that are all around and anchoring them into our reality and anchoring them into our businesses so that we can have a physical manifestation of our lives be totally in love and enjoyable and connected with the things that make us feel whole and make us feel purposeful, which is our yoga journey, our meditation journey, our spiritual path, our our discovery of ourselves and how we can integrate those deep, solid truths and foundations into our work and make work and life a seamless blend so that we can enjoy the wholeness of the experience. So plug in your headphones, tune out the outside world, come hang out with me and G and enjoy this episode of the Limitless Soul podcast. Wow, the world is different. Fresh and different. Welcome, Gianna. I'm so happy you're here today. Thanks for having me. 
it's nice to see you in this format because last night I was on your yoga practice. Yeah, you, you took class. So, but, yeah. Yes, I did. And my daughter has been flipping through my classes. So the one I did before, we did like a slow flow or something. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to not turn this video on because she's like in the middle of it, flipping around. Uh -huh. and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad she can have a good time. Yeah. So I'm so happy to be able to chat with you yeah. about some, some, some cool stuff. I've admired you for a long time and we've been kind of, our worlds have intertwined a little bit in a really unique way mm -hmm. from Mary Jarvis, our, our um, common teacher, yoga mm -hmm. teacher. Yep. And, but even before that, I was following you and I didn't know it was you. Huh? Like it was cool. you, but it wasn't you. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, it's uh -huh. this girl who does yoga and she seems pretty awesome. And then Mary. And then our worlds collided. Then Mary's like, talk, started talking about you. And I'm like, oh, it's the same person. <laughs> and yeah, because my, my practice started with Ashtanga. Uh, uh -huh. And I found you kind of through there. So. Okay, cool. Yeah. So awesome. I, I love the, that's been happening more and more lately. And I feel like I've gotten on the phone recently with people that I've just met through Instagram and, and, you know, these like kind of weird ways and they're really sweet friendships that I have. I'm like super grateful for the internet and I, I'm yeah. kind of an analog girl in a digital world. So I just ruin everything when it comes to trying to figure out technology so um it's it's been nice to feel like i can embrace it now so yeah i'm glad that we're here doing this and yeah. our worlds have collided yeah it's it's kind of like those little synchronicities that you don't see until after they've all happened and you're like mm -hmm. oh wow oh, right. oh yeah you oh. have to like rewatch your own movie <laughs> yeah and it's been it's been cool and especially like right now while we're recording this it's during COVID, the COVID mm -hmm. days. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm so grateful to get to practice with you via yeah, the, the internet. Car. I know. Because you live, you know, all over the world. And um, yeah. I don't get to do that all the time. So it's been really right. nice. Yeah, it's, I feel very lucky. And I don't know that I would have ever done something like this because I have yeah. been a little bit um, standoffish when it comes to putting things online because I really value that human connection you know yeah. I really value being face to face and seeing body language and no delays and no fuzziness and like old school like mm -hmm. come knock on your neighbor's house days mm -hmm. and so I've been very resistant to it but this is just so lovely it's so cool to reach people in so many different places at the same time so yeah um, I'm really enjoying it. I know. And as much as I've, I'm loving doing the online yoga, mm -hmm. I miss like being in person and I miss just being in the room with everyone and just the whole process of it all. And I think it's going to make it so much sweeter, Totally going but back it's to it. also just opened up an entire new world mm -hmm. for, I mean, cause I was thinking about that at the beginning of all of this, when we've had to kind of stay in place in quarantine and all the yoga studios started closing and all the hair salons started closing and all of us are out of work. I'm like, what's going to happen? And all of a sudden everyone is like craving yoga. Yeah. <laughs> and so yoga teachers are like kind of busy. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's a bit of a weird time where we're busy but we're we're all in oh he just broke up shit mm. oh you're back you're good okay. okay okay i'll just i'll just edit it cut sure. cut cut right here okay that's my um, interjection. <laughs> um, I think a lot of us are trying to figure out what the balance is between getting yoga out because it's what the community needs right now and then also still valuing ourselves as 
business owners mm -hmm. and trying to make a living. You know, there has to be a balance between the two. And I've kind of made a point of that when I do all my trainings, like I make sure that we have um, an element of service. I make sure that everyone knows that there has to be a way that you're making your class inclusive to people that wouldn't necessarily be able to afford it, especially if it's a hot yoga situation. Like that is a privilege to be able to afford to open a hot yoga space with the heating and the mirrors mm -hmm. and those very expensive elements of those studios. And then to be able to practice that yoga too, because it's more expensive to practice at those studios. So, you know, I, I always make sure that I'm stressing that need for, um, for inclusivity and so now that, you know, a lot of us are like, you know, we, we, you know, I, I, I'm newly a homeowner and I, uh, have stressors that I didn't, that I have purposefully kept myself out of for years. <laughs> like I lived in my car for three years. <laughs> I, you know, was living in India. I sold all my stuff. Like I'm constantly trying to keep things as simple as possible and then I like I literally closed on my house like a month and a half ago so like I simplified my life so much and then I like took on this thing to give myself a space of uh a, of decompression and then like all of the kind of chaos came <laughs> up and it was like this point of challenge that it's like you've been having aversions to these things for so long and then you're like I'm gonna do it and here you know, like see, see what you can figure out now, because now you're just how everyone else is or tries to be, or, you know, has all these different stressors in their lives. And then you have to be just as resourceful instead of just throwing your arms up every time and being like, I don't want stuff. I hate stuff, mm -hmm. you know? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like the responsibility of, of having things, you know, and mm -hmm. I mean, I have kids, so it's like, I got permanent things. Yeah, I got to like feed, like yeah. do things for. <laughs> uh <-huh>. Stay alive. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay. But yeah, it is. It's really interesting. Um, when we have this kind of free lifestyle, like the yoga lifestyle is like so giving and so mm -hmm. unconditional. It's like mm -hmm. the whole point and purpose of yoga is to create, you know, the space for people to be able to heal, um, physically, mentally, whatever that is. And being a yoga teacher now is so interesting, right? Like it's a business. It's, it really is a business and, um, creating an environment where that can still be sacred and still be the center point of, of the offering or the, the, the business, but be able to have a house, be able to have children and be able to, you know, feed them and take care of, take care of yourself in a physical way. Such an interesting and delicate uh, dance to have. Um, and I know like for me being a hairdresser, it's kind of similar because we have to have these boundaries around us so that we can stay within, um, our commitments that we've made to ourselves. Like, okay, I'm going to buy this building. I have to pay these bills. I'm going to mm -hmm. provide these beautiful Kangen water. I'm going to have mats. I want to have all these things for my people, but I can't be a hundred percent charity. Um, right. so it is a really delicate balance to keep the core value mm -hmm. of the essence of like what we're offering, but still yeah. respect ourselves, um, and the energetic exchange. Yeah. And I think, you know, we run a, we, we run for profit businesses, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that we aren't charitable in other ways, mm -hmm. you know, and there's, you know, we want nice things for our people. We want to create this environment, but if you're true to who you are and what you're offering and you kind of stay in your wholeness what you're charging for becomes easier on the other side because they want to just be a part of the beauty that you're exposing them to. And they want to be in the presence of that kind of welcoming community. And so there's a lot of things that we give and we even deplete ourselves for to make sure that we're holding space in these different ways. And, but we still, you know, have to be able to keep the space to keep the roof over the community. Right. Mm -hmm. So 
yeah, there's responsibility there. And unfortunately, you know, money is just an exchange of energy too. It's just a different form. So there's a lot of guilt. I have a lot of guilt in asking for money in a lot of ways because, you know, there are, you know, people think it, think that you're just going to give your services away for free. But, you know, I, I used to do hair as well. And I worked in, out of my house after I left the salon and I came back to the States, I was like, I'll just pick up clients again and it'll be fine. And, you know, once you say that you're a hairdresser, everyone wants you to cut your hair. And then all of a sudden you have a day of cutting, you know, eight people's hair and more than half of them are for free. And then you're so beat by the end of it, but you were able to like hang out with your friends or, you know, hang out with people you really enjoy. And, you know, when you're at the end of the day, if you go home and you're like, God, that was, that was fun. That was crazy, but that was fun. Versus if you go home and you're like, God, I am depleted. You know, if you don't have anything to pick you back up or support you rather in that space, like maybe, you know, but tomorrow I'm going to be able to pay off that debt that I did because I worked my ass off today, or you don't, you know, that's kind of the difference, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I hate, talking about money and I've gotten slowly better and more realistic with it because it's just so much a part of how we exist. Mm -hmm. And I feel better about asking for it as long as I'm giving in some way or giving some of it away. You know, Mm -hmm. I always make sure that I donate either my time or money to the HD foundation, which is the Huntington's foundation. And that's the Mm -hmm. disease that uh, runs in my family. And then ALS, which my dad Mm -hmm. had. Um, So there's like, there's, things that I can keep aligning myself with makes it easier for me to talk about these things that I've been resistant to. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said too about just the, the, you know, it's not sometimes the words that we say or the things that we do, but the energy behind it that creates the value. And I mean, I feel that all the time where, where I invest my money, you know, even like India, Cause I'm so excited and I'm praying every day. I'm like, okay, September, it's going to be great. It's happening. It's going. Um, Because I've been thinking about that since when I first saw that you opened up, which might even be almost a year ago Mm -hmm. or so. And and I was like, I want to do that. I always have wanted to go to India. Like that's where my meditation practice, like my roots come from. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, I want to go. I've been called to go. My great aunt and uncle who have shared with me all of their practices from their guru from there. I'm like, I'm going. And they're like, okay, well, no, no, no. They're in their their eighties now. So they're like, oh, you better be safe and it can be done. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. And then I talked to my husband and I was like, I really feel called to go with Gianna. And like, it just seems right. And it's not cheap to go, you know, you gotta like, it's an investment. But for some reason it was like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, like the money is irrelevant. Like you've mm-hmm. created a situation, even like from my perspective, that the money feels irrelevant to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, it'll, I'll find it. Like it, for some mm-hmm. reason, when something feels so valuable to you and you feel so drawn to it, it's not like, how am I going to make this work? How am I going to find money? Oh God, it's yeah. so expensive. I can't do this. It's like, it'll come. It's going right. to figure itself out. And mm-hmm. I think that that like is the secret, like that's the secret sauce, um, in doing this kind of work, whether you're a yoga teacher, meditation teacher, like health coaches, hairdressers, anyone who's offering something that has some value that will help people like physically, mentally, it's like you as the person who's providing have to show up, um, in a way that makes it so worth it. Like you don't even think about the money because you're so excited about the experience or what you're going to receive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Authenticity makes everything worth it. And people mm-hmm. and I, you know, like we make things happen when we're stepping into the space of authenticity, whether it's your own or someone else's. Yeah, yeah for sure. Cool. And I think like <clears throat> this whole like online experience that we're forced into right now, is really creating this opportunity for us to figure out how do we want to express ourselves Mm. in an authentic way. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I know you do, do such a beautiful job of expressing yourself like in the present moment of your, your own experience through the medium of, of social media, which sure. sounds so like 2020. The but, age we're in. <laughs> but it really is like, it's just another one of those things that somehow you have been able to express um, in an authentic way what's going on in your life without it being uh, sympathy or attention mm. or anything like that. Like it's very from a either an introspective place or a healed place. You know, mm. how do you, how do you feel about like sharing it from your perspective? Cause you're like, yeah. you're like out there. You're like yoga, you're like full blown yoga poses. You're like, this is me. And you know, you're still a human on a journey, but yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um, I can't, I, I have been told since I was a kid that I am like, you can, I could stop trains with my face was what one of my Mm-hmm. Um, science teachers told me one time, if I, <laughs> I just, I just wear it all out. If I am not happy and I'm not feeling it, you know, like I just can't hide. I can't hide it. I don't know. Being fake and uh, I, it just steals my soul, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't possibly be on my phone and putting things on the internet if it wasn't going to give me something. Meaning Mm -hmm. I, I treat that time like a journal entry Mm -hmm. and I make sure that I circle around always because to leave a journal entry open-ended means that you didn't finish that entry. Like Mm -hmm. I can't just get into it and then leave it like, you know, isn't my life horrible? Or like, isn't that a horrible situation? Feel bad for me. It's like, no, figure it out and come to a place of understanding at the Mm -hmm. end and like show yourself the lesson, even if you don't believe it. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I've had to just do that. So that for myself, for so long just I grew up with sick parents my dad was always working on one of four so he was always trying to support not only his sick wife but his kids you know and so it was just he's busy and I we were feral children like climbing on (laughs) the counters just going through the cabinets type of kids because we had to feed ourselves like I would pop a bag of popcorn and take it for lunch to school my daughter was just eating some like salami out of the drawer I was like I'm the the words of this whole like experience what because they're out of school like they're they're home all they see what I do Uh all day long because I work from home and their thing is like shh mom's on a call mom's on a call and so I'm like (laughs) go beat yourself yeah go yeah squirreling into the Yeah. yeah yeah so you know I've I've started adopting this idea of mothering myself mm-hmm. and I think we can all do that and it'll help like for me it's helped me not try to find a partner that I need to mother or mm-hmm. find you know like get a um a animal just so I can feel like I have something to take care of like I am a full-time job and I need to figure out how to self-soothe and what techniques I can use to bring myself back around to see it, see myself objectively and then sit myself in my thoughts and my feelings and allow that to kind of be and pass through. So, you know, it's, it's, um, I've had a lot go on in my life, which is really, you know, not special. And I think that's how, that's, that's just how, I, my dad has always, w- would always treat me where he was like, oh yeah, I know, poor you. And, <laughs> and like, that's, you know, you, not that you should discredit somebody's experience. That's never the case, but to realize that everyone is going through a struggle. Mm-hmm. And even if your struggle isn't the same as someone else's, it's still a struggle or it's still pain or it's still hardship. And we all experience that in different capacities, but it registers in the self as the same. So if I could start and keep acknowledging my pain is just that and not all of the drama around it and not all of the emotions that I, I even still want to feel around mm-hmm. it, I can start to 
just stay on this even playing field with all of my peers, put everything out there for people to pick up, whether it, it's the same experience as theirs or not. And then we can all kind of like give each other lessons based off of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, the misery loves company thing I think is real, but it, when you complement it with a sense of wholeness at the end or a lesson, then that company also gets the lesson too, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's not like get on the internet and whine, which so many of us do or have done or have read. It's like, get on there, you know, state your case and then like close it up at the end. Yeah. So that, you know, cause we do need to get it out. We do need to let it flow. We do need to whine sometimes, but we also yeah. have to, you know, put a period at the end of it. Mm. Yeah, it's like your uh, bitch and brunch and breath work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's like get it out and and figure out the solution. It's kind of like in leadership. I've, I've done a lot with having employees and then having communities and stuff. And it's like, mm -hmm. don't come to me like whining mm -hmm. about a problem. Like come to me, share. And also mm -hmm. I want you to... I want to co-create this solution. Like, yeah. come with me with some ideas. I want like some bullet points. Um, and I do that with myself too, because yeah. I wasn't always that way either. Like I, I wasn't always just like as profound, not that, any, that anything I say is, I know nothing. Like half the time I'm like, that was bullshit, but it kind of sounded good. <laughs> <laughs> something's passing through yeah, me some, something's yeah. coming my husband's <laughs> like what the fuck was that and I'm like I don't uh -huh. know but it sounded good didn't it uh -huh. um, but yeah my, my classic words because at the beginning of our relationship when we first got married because that was like oh I never thought I was going to get married or have kids I was going to be like world I was going to just be free Right. I'm like, woo, I'm going to do all this. And then all of a sudden it was like this. And I'm like, mm -hmm. whoa, I'm like super suburbia housewife mom. I don't know how it happened, but it's cool. Uh -huh. I like yeah. it. Um, but my classic words were like, I don't know. My husband's like, you should have a shirt that says, I don't know. Cause I was like, eh, <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't process oh. things with an objective, um, <laughs> perspective. I was so involved with myself. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, once that starts to change the pause, and I think that that really has come from creating more discipline in my life mm -hmm. and creating more structure has allowed me to feel less suffering. Yeah. And it's such a common misconception. I think, you know, we want to yeah. just be free and have no things and have no responsibilities and just do whatever we want. But in essence, it's a little bit self-centered and self-serving to do that. Yeah. And I honestly, I think that that sense of freedom comes at pivotal times for people. They're like, I just want to be free. And it's like, well, that's because you bound yourself to things that don't resonate with mm. you. You know, you're stuck in a relationship that doesn't make sense in a city you don't like, in a job you don't like you are stuck in a maybe um, food desert that doesn't, you know, have proper soil for you to garden or what, you know, you're stuck in your apartment. And like that sense of the walls closing in is real because you're, mm -hmm. you have the sense of being stuck. And that doesn't mean that discipline is or is not going to help you feel unstuck. Sometimes you have to really blow things up to have a sense of nothingness, which looks like freedom. Like I have no bills, you know, I have no phone. I, I use Wi-Fi on this phone that I've had since 2006. And when it's not hooked up to Wi-Fi, I can't get, no one can get a hold of me. You know, I have $300 saved up and I'm just gonna go to the next spot where I can maybe get a job or, you know, something like that where you're just, free falling and that sense of giving into a free fall can make you feel free or extremely chaotic mm -hmm. so you kind of get rid of all of the things around you and you start to free fall and then you decide if that's what freedom really meant to you mm -hmm. i think people don't know what the word freedom means to them until mm -hmm. they kind of map it out and then experience it because that seeming idea of freedom where you don't have nobody needs you for anything you're just like living by the you know the 
skin of your own teeth, just scraping by and like, you know, barely having enough money to get to the next thing, but there's like nothing to do and you're in the middle of nowhere and it's beautiful and amazing. And then you have to sit with all of your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And that's the freedom that people don't think about. You know, how can I be free from my thoughts? Mm -hmm. Being free from the stuff is totally different ballgame. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, you know, okay, you get rid of, that's what I did. That's literally what I said when I was like, I am not working in the salon anymore. I've sold all my stuff and moved to India. That was a big deal um, for my apparent world. I had a condo in Chicago. You know, I had saved up a bunch of money from working in the salon and then I just got rid of everything was ready to go. And then I had nothing. I had no bills. I, smartphones didn't exist then. I was just kind of like scooting around. I could get a hold of people every once in a while. But then I got there and I remember there's this one sentence I said where I was like, what did that mean? I said, when I'm myself, I'm a totally different person. Mm. And that was me not having stuff, being totally free from everything. I didn't have to be anywhere at any time. And it was me recognizing that there was a separation between who I had to be in the salon, who I was without the identification of doing hair, having a job, having a place to go every day, and then who in my truest forms and my truest moments I actually was. And so that kind of picking up that there was that separation helped me notice when whatever it was that I was doing, whether it was meditating, walking, riding a bike, swimming, doing yoga, was helping me fall more and more into that place, more and more into that place of wholeness. And that's when you really start feeling free, is when you're really true to your form, because you can free flow through any circumstance and still hold true and solid in who you are right? And you don't have to be a total chameleon to just adapt to a situation, but you feel strength in who you are. And so, you know, that's like, you know, you go into a yoga class and it's like, all right, stand. And then they give you step-by-step directions on how to stand up and you're like, okay. And then you're uncomfortable. And it's like, all right, well, I just, I really want to do this. And then you look at yourself in the mirror or something and like a shoulder is down there and you're like, wow, I feel comfortable like this, you know? And so you're given this structure of how to align and then you realize that in alignment, you're uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so then what do you do? So, you know, it's like I teach Ashtanga and I teach Bikram and those are my like, those are my first two loves and my first two practices. And they are very much like, put yourself into this shape. No, it's like this. Yeah. And there is no, okay, now flow. And you know, mm-hmm. while that is nice sometimes, and it's almost like a form for people to finally dance and be creative. Yeah. It's not the same for chiseling away at our imp- impurities. You know, mm-hmm. you are a little ball of marble or block of marble and you're chiseling away at your form, which is uncomfortable. You know, anytime you chisel away at something, it's going to feel like something. So you kind of sit in that that discomfort and in a suggested place of alignment and you see what comes up and then you have to look at it. And that's really the start of the process. You know, that's just the the little stone in the water. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's so interesting because there's so many different kinds of yoga now that you can go do for me i fell into ashtanga very early on as like my practice and i was like doing full primary doing my sore and that's what started to make me really look at myself i hated it some days i was like i freaking hate this sucks mm-hmm. i want to do another chaturanga it's awful and then i'd realize like what am i so angry about i'm doing this to my, like i'm choosing this i willingly came in here yeah i'm like willingly doing this and i'm do it tomorrow too um yeah. <laughs> what am I looking for? Like, why am I torturing myself? And when I stopped torturing myself and I was like so grateful and I think that's a huge key part to all of this and Mm -hmm. it's so simple, but we make it so complicated. It's just that simple shift of like, I'm so grateful for this. Like this is painful, but it's not, it's the end of the world. It's not the worst thing that could ever happen. But what what is really painful is my mind is like not surrendering. It's not. Yeah. And like, that's what yoga has at least taught me is that it's not even about where you can put your foot or where you can do the things. It's can you relax? And mm-hmm. that's what every 
like favorite yoga teacher I've ever worked with has said, it's like, can you find relaxation here? Can you, can you just be there and be at peace instead of fighting yourself? And, um, but it really had to come from putting myself into some sort of structure into some sort of consistency so that I could see it and keep coming back to it and see how it would change. And I do love like the flowing and like putting on music and, and just like moving mm-hmm. my body. It's fun. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's nice too. Mm-hmm. feels good. But I feel like where I really find those moments um, of feeling free and really observe observing come from coming back and like keep coming back in my meditation practice. It's like sitting still watching the breath going into my, out of my nose. Is it boring sometimes? Yes. It's really boring, but mm-hmm. it's where you, it's like, okay, here we are again. Yeah. But once you can relax into it and you're like, this is what I'm doing. Here I am. This is where I'm at. All of a sudden it's like the most blissful, peaceful feeling that mm-hmm. there, there's nothing to even think about or worry about. And you can just be, and it, it's just another one of those things where a lot of people will come to me like, I can't meditate. It's just too hard. My mind's too fast. I'm like, mine is too. Like my, my mind is a million miles a minute all over the place. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the commitment and the discipline to keep coming back, like keep coming right. back, keep looking at it, keep looking at it to finally chisel away and find that peace, find that freedom. Um, yeah, but it's it's definitely come from places I never expected. I thought it was going to be this like, woo, just <laughs> uh-huh. no. No. Much yeah, different. and it's I think we forget that it's a practice and we expect to have these profound changes or to have these, you know, really amazing looking practices and that's not what it's about. It's not about how you know, how much you learned about meditating in the seat. It's about how much you learned about yourself trying to meditate, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, I really can't stay stay still. Or, wow, I really am avoidant. Or, I don't want to do that again. That was uncomfortable that time. I think I'll not. Oh, I give up kind of easily, you know? Like, Mm-hmm. All of those things are lessons to it. Like, really, I don't mind if I, you know, I'll set a timer for 30 minutes and I'll be like, well, didn't get there today. You know, like, didn't have that sensation today. Let's try again tomorrow. And it's like, just move on, you know? And I think that's like, my Ashtanga teachers are funny. Like, David and Shelly, I've um, been close with them for a long time. I, uh, we met in Austin. They have a house out there. And they... um are funny, you know, they're funny people and they're, they love to laugh and be human with you. And I really appreciate that. And they're always like, you know, do a little research and then move on. You know, they're like, what do you, why you're going to spend three hours in here for my sword doing this practice. You could be spending at least an hour of that going and planting a tree in the park. Mm. Like, why don't you go do that? That's yoga too. Mm. You know, people get so obsessed about the asana that they don't let it make them a better them. They forget who they are. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, the only way that I can feel good is when I do this thing. So I'm just going to fill my life with that. And mm-hmm. that's not healthy either. Mm-hmm. That's not yoga at that point. Yeah. The majority uh, of all of the yoga just happens after the, after you've done it. <laughs> yeah. 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 You really learn if you, if you actually integrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like, even coming back to the business aspect of, of the, the experience of being a yoga teacher or being in that mm-hmm. kind of a, a role, um, you, you're able to integrate those lessons and those teachings that you've learned through yoga into your business so that your business mm-hmm. can almost be part of the spiritual experience. It can be a part of the, the lesson and the whole embodiment of the, of the bigger picture instead of it being so separate, because I think that that's an, you know, that's a whole nother conversation about duality. Um, Mm -hmm. but, (laughs) but, um, you know, keeping things so separate in this new, like I've been kind of considering this new business paradigm, which is like what Mm -hmm. we're shifting into hopefully Mm -hmm. is, um, that things aren't separate. Like your, your business and your life 
and who you are here and who you are there, like they're all one. Mm -hmm. And um, where was I? Oh, and she has um, Bikram Yoga Capital in Lansing and I go practice with her sometimes. I have to drive an hour and a half to the closest Bikram school. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. Um, But she said something to me a couple weeks ago before this was all over, the last time I practiced before all this happened. And she was talking about the different systems in our body and how we separate them all, our endocrine system, our respiratory system, our digestive system. We separate them so we can observe them, but they're really all just one thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know. I was like laying down in between like, I don't know, camels or something. And I was just like, yeah. Oh my. <laughs> I was like one of those moments where I was like, God, I want to write this down, but it really resonated with me. So I remember, but I kind of projected that over the bigger picture of life. And I was like, it's all connected. Like we just separate it so we can understand, but business, our life, all of it is one one cohesive thing. If we can start looking at it that way, it feels less like work. It feels less mundane. It feels Mm -hmm. less like, I gotta pay the bills. I gotta go do payroll. Oh my God. I gotta do this. I've got to do emails. I got to do taxes because that's what I gotta do. Mm -hmm. And it Mm -hmm. feels like cool. Like Mm -hmm. look at what's happening. Look how, look at, look at what I have and, and look at how it's working all together and coexisting. And I think that, um, you know, being in this line of work or this kind of a, 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 a path, a life path is like much more easy when we can, can kind of look at it like that and integrate all the things into each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I went to yoga and then I went to do something else. Uh huh. Like that isn't just happening on your mat. And that's what I think the commercialization of it has done was that you have to go to this one thing to be able to practice it for this amount of time. And then you go and immediately curse the person that cuts you off on the street because you're the only one doing it right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's this like total separation. And I think that makes it really hard for people to grow in general. You're never integrating all of your experiences and lessons and like tough love into Mm. everything that you're doing and Mm -hmm. you know, how you're, how you're putting payroll through and then how you're talking to your employees and how you're receiving their information. You're not integrating all of those lessons. Like you're not able to grow off of that. You know, Mm -hmm. it's very limiting. Yeah. Oh, so interesting. I know I could, I feel like I'm in the matrix right now. Like I'm like 10 layers back. The rabbit hole. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. So I want to ask you one last question and then we'll kind of wrap it up from here. Um, what makes you feel completely limitless, What makes your soul feel completely free and like, there's literally nothing that you can't do. There's nothing in your way that anything that you imagine, it can happen. What makes you feel like that? God, I wish it was one thing. Um, It's hard to say because like being, teaching and communing is something that I don't even think about in the moment and it's just happening and it's not like I'm witnessing it or, you know, like not participating in it, but it's just like in a blink of an eye, it's done. And so that is that to me is what limitless is. But when I feel like I have to move from limited to unlimited, where I'm like, I need to do something now, I'll be honest. And this might, like, it's not something that I can just like get you to experience with me right now. I get on my motorcycle and I ride away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I just, there's something about I move so slow in all the practices I do and I work so hard to slow myself down and to allow myself to, it's almost like crying when you really need a good cry. Mm. Like I allow myself to be fast and Mm. I allow myself to like have my knees in the breeze and smell the air and like see the people passing and like be in the elements. I just, 
I just love it. There's, you know, I've been in a motorcycle accident and I've dropped my bikes and like, there's just, I can't get over it. There's mm. just something very, I feel just in my power, you know? Um, but there's also, you know, I love, I love tuning forks and I love self massage and I love, um, being able to just like compress my third eye and feel immediate relief. And I like yeah. to give myself a hug. Yeah. It's a balance. It's a dance. Yeah. It's a yeah. dance between, I think that, you know, you said that so well, it's not one thing. It's definitely not. It's, it's all the things just living living together and like the full experience of life. And I think that that's really beautiful when you can find those things. Like I hopped on my skateboard the other day. I haven't skated at a skate park in like eh, maybe like two years or three years. Okay. But even then it was just like, like cruise. And (laughs) I don't know what it was the other day, but me and I took the kids down there and I, I went down and there was a few other little, little like, 12 year olds boys down there Uh and I hopped on my skateboard I'm like shredding this park my heart was like beating out of my chest I'm going fast I'm like woo 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 just like 50 50 grind and Uh I don't even know what happened came over me all of a sudden I was like 20 and I was just like yeah yeah and that (laughs) thrill like I didn't think about getting hurt I didn't think Mm -hmm. about falling and breaking my ankle or cutting open my knee or anything that I've done before. Mm -hmm. It's just like this full on fuck it. Yeah. I'm going. And you just feel that rush and it is pure present moment. It's like Mm -hmm. pure present moment, but in a really highly adrenalized, I don't even know if that's a word. I get Um, Yeah. Scenario. Yeah. Yeah, Cause a lot of times I feel like I get on my mat and I have a goal, you know, like Mm -hmm. this is going to fix how I'm feeling right now Mm -hmm. or it's predictable in ways like I'm going to feel strong after I do this. And I don't know what, there's so many different factors when you get on a bike or you get on a skateboard and you like go through traffic and you, uh, you, you have to deal with everyone else driving or you have to like get yourself to that space where it opens like, like up in um, Arizona where you like, you know, hit the highway, cruise off, get off the highway. And then you're just like, you know, heading towards a giant mountain and you're like, <sighs> you know, you just like these things that you can't get on your mat. And mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of my biggest thing right now is like I use prayer and I used mantra to get me to distract myself from the things that were bothering me. And I love, I still love mantra and I still pray over my food every day. I still pray to my parents every day, you know, like those are still things that are part of me, but I don't use it in avoidance. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to like, I've used my practice for so many years. I've been doing this for over 15 years. And for so many of those, it was avoidant. It was avoiding me shaming myself. Mm -hmm. It was avoiding me being in the real world in challenging relationships in experiences I didn't want to be in. It was the only place I felt safe. And so now my practice isn't about getting comfortable using my practice Mm -hmm. it's getting comfortable being my practice and then experiencing all the other things that make me me in a more Mm -hmm. joyous way you know oh yeah it's kind of like it's like being introvert and extrovert it's like the Mm -hmm. enjoying the pleasures of the physical world and also knowing that being home and being safe and being connected is 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 inward but we can also you know it's almost like this opening that creates this portal of looking at the physical world completely different. You're like, Whoa, look at that tree. It's a very tantric way of, of living. You know, everything is to be celebrated, Mm -hmm. pleasure, sadness, despair. Like we celebrate these things. It's very like, you know, Kali esque. Mm. Um, It's very Shiva esque. Like Mm -hmm. we're, we're trying to get, in into the uh, transformative and destructive and messy and kind of the like um, angry house dad 
of things <laughs> and and then celebrating them because of the results they're going to give us or because yeah. of the change they're going to bring. So um, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm at a, a place that I feel real comfortable in my practice and that's uncomfortable for, I think other people too. Cause like I'll have conversations with people I had conversations with, you know, three years ago or something. And they'll be like, you know, well, you're the 5am yogi. And I was like, fuck no, I'm not waking up at 5am right now. I am sleeping. I'm on the, the nine sun- o'clock train right now. When the, yeah, when the chickens wake me up and the sun is up, I know it's time to get rolling, you know, and that's that I get to do that right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to be up at a certain time and run to this. I have all day right now mm-hmm. to do my practice. Like I get it. The veil is thin mm-hmm. and I have to take advantage of that time to really like be with it and yeah. my true body. But you know what? The whole day, it feels like cellophane right now. Mm. I could just easily poke my face through it and get to the other side, you know? But right now, I can kind of see through it, but it's still that resistance. It's Mm. still pushing me back to the side that I'm on. So Mm. I'm going to dance in that space for now. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's definitely, it it feels like this little, like we're in a little snow globe or something, you know, it's like this little container of time. And it's so strange because the time, like for me and for you, for teaching yoga, it's like they keep changing the dates and stuff. So it's like, why even try to attach ourselves to it? And you just got to, it really is a, um, a call to just be in the moment and enjoy each moment and just, see what happens. And I'm finding a lot of interesting things happening within my own life, which then are ripple affecting outward. Like I quit watching the news. I'm like, somebody just inform me if something important happens mm-hmm. because <laughs> I can't well, I need to know basis here. Yeah. I can't just sit here and like continually fill my mind with um, something that might start creating a narrative that's not serving me for this present moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, even I, I'm very well aware. I'm not, I'm not being ignorant to the fact that there's things going on, but I have to focus. I've almost got to just really get, um, a focused intention of what's what's my purpose right now. Um, so that it can come out on the other side and not Mm -hmm. go back to the old way. Right. Right. It's like, really we're in like Kali Ma right now. It's like, wow, chop it up. It's gotta go. Um, so it's exciting, but yeah. Well, thanks for hopping on here with me. This was for sure. I could talk to you forever. Same. That was fun. Yeah. So fun. Um, I'll put all of your links where you can find your workshops and cause Mm -hmm. you'll, you'll probably start traveling again. Right. Once yeah, can. I have people, everyone's rescheduling now, and then we're trying to figure out if we need to reschedule the reschedule. But um, yeah, and I'm trying to put out a, a little ebook for some home care stuff and ways to really tune into your day, not your mindset it generally, but like what's mm-hmm. happening in the moment. So I'm trying to be as um, reach into your homes as I can. So I'm accessible. Cool. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, this was such a treat. Thank you. For sure. Thank and you. I'm sure I'll see you on uh, on the internet. Never doing very some far yoga. away. Of course. <laughs> All right. Mwah. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye.